the Nationals have two integral pieces to their outfield that we got to stop looking past. But before we get into those two, we got to start taking a deep dive into former first-round pick Dominic Smith and see what he can do for the Washington Nationals in 2023. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for baseball and this team here in Washington, D.C. in the podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And as we get into it for today's show, I got to start out with former first round pick, Dominic Smith and Dominic Smith was someone we kind of low-key signed over the offseason not too many people are making too much of this signing including myself but when I look at it from above Dominic Smith has had good years with the New York Mets if you don't know he was the 11th overall pick back in the 2013 MLB draft at a high school and he was a first baseman drafted that high out of high school. That is something that you do not see. And the reason as to why he was drafted that high is not just because he was a terrific first baseman. He was a great fielding first baseman. He could hit. He had all the tools that you would want, especially when it comes to first base. Draft stock just isn't there for first baseman. You don't really see that too often to have someone be just a first baseman and drafted in the first round, especially up in the top 15. It's just something that's rare. But beside that, Dominic Smith has had good years in the past. It's just, you know, the New York Mets over the years, they've started to spend a little more money, get a little more fancy. And therefore, some of these former first round picks that they once needed to produce and needed to produce that second, they no longer need that. So they ended up cutting ties with Dominic Smith. But then again, he lands with the Washington Nationals, and he does have upside to turn his career around. So here's what it is. Over the last few years, Dominic Smith has struggled at the plate, in particular 2021 and 2022. In 2020 and in 2019 also, this was someone who was a great hitter up at the plate. Back in 2019, in 177 at-bats, he had a 282 batting average, then 881 OPS. 2020, he was even better, finishing 13th in MVP voting in the National League, had a 993 OPS, had 10 home runs, 42 RBIs, all of that in 177 at-bats. He had one of his better two seasons in that year, but since then, it's been all downhill, unfortunately, when it comes to Dominic Smith at the plate, but there could be a fix in that that I'll get to in just a little bit. But here's what he's had issues with from what I have seen. One, he is chasing way too many pitches out of the zone. When I look at Dominic Smith and what I've seen from him over the years, this guy does have a little power. He does have the ability to get on base. He draws walks, but also what he hasn't been able to do is find the strike zone. When I see him, I see someone who's chasing a lot of pitches recently. 
and something to where a bad habit has occurred over the last two seasons in particular is that he hasn't really been able to hit for too much power. This power has seamlessly gone away to where at some point people were talking about how he could be and should be a power bat in the major leagues. But then again, he just hasn't shown that over the last few years, just like he did in 2019 and 2020. He wasn't some crazy power bat. He wasn't going to be Aaron Judge. But then again, this was someone who has the capabilities to hit 25 to 30 home runs in a season. So where did that go? Well, it starts out, he's got to find his plate discipline once again. When I Again, when we talk about Dominic Smith, the numbers don't lie. That his bat has kind of gone away over the last few years. But then again, there are some moments of kind of brilliance at the plate with Dominic Smith. So here's what I've saw. I'm just looking at advanced analytics and what I can tell from Dominic Smith. In 2021, he had a 6.5 barrel percentage. And in 2022, he had a 7.1% barrel percentage. And in 2020, his best career season, he had a 13.3% barrel percentage. And obviously, what does that tell you? He's not barreling up the baseball. He's not being a good pitch selector. But then again, Also, some of this could be just a lack of opportunities when it comes to Dominic Smith. You know who's up there at first base. It's Pete Alonzo, and that's been his job for a while now. Dominic Smith was supposed to take that job. Well, Pete Alonzo has taken it and has since, you know, kind of run with it in a sense. So Dominic Smith, he is the better fielder overall. He is a better fielder than Pete Alonzo. And just when looking at the average first baseman, you're going to be seeing a lot better defensive production than what you saw of someone like Josh Bell. You're going to see a lot better production over there. Even Joey Manessis. Dominic Smith is a legit, very good fielder when it comes to playing that first base position. And that's something that he hasn't been seeing over the last few years. But again, we'll get into that and how that could affect his projections going forward. But then again, I look at his ground ball percentage as well. What you want to see from a hitter like Dominic Smith, especially when you're anchoring the first base position, you want to see hard contact. You want to see line drives. That usually does the most damage. It's something that we've all known from back from Little League. You want to get a line drive in. That's the likely, the most likely opportunity for yourself getting a hit when it comes to hitting line drives. Simple math there. So I look at it. His ground ball percentage was at 47.5% in 2022, which was his highest since his rookie season in 2017. And after that, that's when you kind of can tell the barrel percentage has been down the last two years. Last year, his ground ball percentage was up highest since it's been its rookie year, his rookie year. So then again, Dominic Smith, when just looking at the bad, He's got to start barreling up the baseball. But then again, there are positives to Dominic Smith signing. And in particular, I think when he makes the move to simply just first base over the years, it's going to be a much better situation for him. And here's why. First base is just his natural position. It simply is. That's what he was drafted to do. That's what he was developed to do. He was supposed to be a first baseman everyday first baseman in the major leagues. That's why he was drafted at 11th overall by the New York Mets. So, and this is what he said, and this is from Jessica Camarado's story that I got these quotes from. But then again, I think it is true and it is valuable when you look at it like this. This is from 
Dominic Smith and Jessica Camerato from MLB.com. But Dominic Smith said, I think when I'm at first base, I'm able to just really be comfortable, be relaxed, and showcase my talent over there and not have to worry about doing too much or where my position today is and whatnot. And again, that was from Jessica Camerato from MLB.com. Got those quotes from Dominic Smith. And guys, I think that part is a real thing because when you look at it, Dominic Smith, over the years, he's been bounced around from the outfield to DH, which you will see here back in 2023. He will certainly DH at some point, but he's bounced around from first base to left field to right field. They've put him all over the outfield, and that's something to where it's just not his comfort spot, which for myself, I totally understand that. And that does make sense, especially when you're just looking at it from a sense that this guy is going to have to figure out a way to actually hit and produce once again, because ultimately that's why he was let go by the New York Mets because they weren't getting that production out of him. But also I look at it. If the New York Mets were not in a win now situation, they probably wouldn't be cutting ties with the former first round pick, especially someone who's had two very good productive seasons really not that long ago back in pre-pandemic, which seems like forever ago, but really it's not that long ago. So he's had a lot of productive years over the over the last three, four years. He's had a couple of them. But also, more recently, it's been the struggles at the plate, the lack of barreling, barreling balls up, the higher strikeouts. I will say 2022, he walked a lot more than he has in the past. So that does kind of show you that he's starting to get the hang of it. He's starting to understand what he needs to do better to actually fulfill himself as a major league player. And I think that's what he can do with the nationals this year in 2023. But now we got to get into two players that I believe people are not really talking enough about when it comes to the outfield position. I'm going to get to that player. Number one, who I think of, but before that, I got to tell you guys about my friends over at built bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat? Don't want all the fat and calories. Then you got to try a built bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've talked about going to Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or even a Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or even coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. As always, guys, you can thank me later. And now we get back into some two Nationals players that I believe could have a much bigger impact when it comes to this Nationals team in 2023. And I'm going to start off with that first player being Alex Call. Alex Call, the third-round pick out of Ball State University back in 2016 from the Chicago White Sox. Alex Call is someone who kind of was off my radar completely last year. When I when we saw Alex Call, 
I was just kind of like, cool, like, nice. I didn't really know what to expect with him. But then I saw him play. Then I saw what he can do. And in particular, he plays a really solid left field. And then I look at his numbers at the plate, and I'm like, huh, this guy was pretty damn good last year. When I look at it, I mean, seriously. Alex Cole was someone who actually hit the ball really well for the Nationals last year. And this was all just with the Nationals, as he did play with the Guardians that first half of the season before being DFA'd by them. But with the Nationals last year, in 115 plate appearances, he had a 245 batting average, a 772 OPS. He had three stolen bases. He had five home runs and 13 RBIs. Now, not too much production from him. I get that. But then again, these numbers are not bad by any stretch of the imagination. If Victor Robles had a 772 OPS, we would be talking about an all-star player. So, so let's not get carried away with what I think of Alex Call. Here's what I do think, though. When I'm looking at the 2023 Nationals, I'm looking at guys who actually can make a difference for this team currently and also down the road. And if you check that box, that you do have an opportunity to help this team currently, and also in particular down the road, then I really care about you. And especially when you're a young guy, a former top-round pick, I'm going to give you an extra little look. So Alex Call only being 28 years old and just turning 28 years old, years old about a couple months ago, he is someone that I am checking the box on to actually really watch closely and see what this guy can do moving forward. We know about the outfielders in our system and how they are stacked up. It's a little unfair looking at it from this perspective because we got a loaded system right now when it comes to outfielders. So outfielders in particular on the major league staff, they're going to have to show themselves in their worth this year. So here's what I thought with Attic Alex Call. He actually had more consistent playing time this last September. If you remember it, he kind of just got Alex Call got the call and they saw the potential that he had and they saw that this guy is someone who is actually going to be a potential piece to the future, whether it be a fifth or fourth outfielder or whatever it may be, whatever it may be with Alex Call. Last year was a lost season, especially that second half. So with Alex Call, this is what I saw. From September and October, when he was consistently sort of in the starting lineup and is kind of really making his name for himself, he had 79 at-bats, he had four home runs, he had a 280 batting average, a 494 slugging percentage, and an 860 OPS. And that was from September through October for Alex Call. Those are really good numbers. I don't know why, including myself, why we have all kind of looked past Alex Call and what this guy has done when given a good opportunity. And I say this because he is killing the ball also down in the spring training right now. Because I look at Alex Call and I'm like, can this guy be a big part of the future? Probably not. But can he be a piece to the puzzle? Absolutely. Because down there right now, in only 14 at-bats, He's got three RBIs, he's got a 357 batting average, and he's got a 1043 OPS. Again, this is someone who does play a really good left field and who can play all three positions in the outfield. He's got a good frame. From all we know, from what we can tell, seems to be like a good clubhouse guy. 
So where did it go wrong with the Guardians when it came to just scouting Alex Call and giving him the opportunity? Well, I guess when you look at his minor league production, it wasn't amazing. This wasn't something that to where you're looking at this guy and he is a pivotal top prospect because that's not what he was. But also looking at it, it is a little interesting to look at what he can do with the Nationals because last year in only five games down in Rochester, he got the call up real quick because he batted 444 with the 1389 OPS and only 18 at-bats. He had two home runs, six RBIs, and again, all of this coming in five games of production. Well, let's look at it from this angle. For 2022, looking at all his minor league numbers combined in 76 games, he had a 292 batting average, a 945 on-base plus slugging. He had 13 home runs with, or actually, did he have 13 home runs? No. He, yes, he did. He did have 13 home runs. Sorry, my stat sheet got a little messed up there. 13 home runs, and again, only 72 games down in the minor leagues last year. 76, rather. This guy may have been someone that we found and who just hasn't done it yet at the major league level, but then again, when given the opportunities to do so, he's starting to get the right things down. This guy is playing a solid outfield. He's hitting well at the plate. He's even hitting for power. He's getting on base. He has a solid average. And looking at his numbers pre-pandemic, back with the Guardians, so pre-2020, they weren't as good. But post-pandemic, in 2021, he had a 260 batting average, the 794 OPS. And then in 2022, he kind of split the barn the barnyard open and had a 945 OPS. All right, yeah, 945 OPS. So then again, looking at Alex Cole, my whole season this year, what it's about is what can this guy do now? And also, can he provide in the future? Alex Cole is certainly on that checklist right now. And I think he is someone that I'm going to put the blame on myself. But I have totally just forgotten and have slept on the production of what Alex Cole could be. Because the numbers are just the numbers at the end of the day. He's got to do it on paper. Well... Looking at the numbers, this guy is right now an above-average outfielder in baseball when you're looking at it from the production at the plate and his production in the field. Now, I'm not saying that's what he can be, especially coming from the Guardians, who have been a very solid organization over the years. But looking at it, this is going to be someone that we will have to keep our eye on moving forward. And then again, I think we're going to have to start talking about how he's going to need some more innings in the outfield. Because what I've seen so far is very good production with very good fielding. And then again, I have to ask the question, what went wrong for him to get in this situation with a rebuilding team? But also, it could be the best thing to happen for him to get the opportunities that he will need going down the stretch. But now I have to get into my second player that I think we're going to need to take a little closer look at. But before we get into that, I got to tell you guys about our new friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have to access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs help find the right people for your team 
faster and for free. And here's what I've done. The job that I have now, the job that I have in radio is all help to LinkedIn. They got my personal information down. I trust them with all of that. It is a solid account and it is like the new market for free agency when it comes to jobs. And that's what I love. They show you everything. Add your job with a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Also, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Now, LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates and want you to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And now we get back into our second player that I think has need a little more talking about during spring training. And even then, a closer look in the regular season when his time comes. And his time's going to come most likely on opening day. And that is Mr. Lane Thomas, the Lane train. I have talked about Lane Thomas and what he can do for the Nationals. I, in particular, am very high on Lane Thomas. And when I look at Lane Thomas... He reminds me a lot of Alex Cole, honestly. And I tweeted this out yesterday at LO underscore Nationals, if you want to give us a follow there. Lane Thomas and Alex Cole seem to be kind of like the same player. They remind me a lot of like each other, really. I'm not going to say they're not five-tool guys. But then again, they seem like guys who are good at everything they do. When you need a little power, Lane and Alex can both provide that. When you need to get on base, seems like they can provide that. Now, here's the, where the thing I think they're very similar in. Their defensive values in the outfield, they can play multiple different positions in that outfield, and that is very, very valuable when it comes to evaluating fourth and fifth outfield, or outfield options for the Nationals, and especially with the DH role, the way that they've both been hitting over the years. But here's what Lane Thomas hasn't done that well over the last year's. His slow starts have been inevitable. He has not been able to get over that hump of starting out fast. And this is something that we have noticed for quite a while now, honestly. In 2022, even, his first half, which was not very good, if you were to remember that last year, it was not a good one. And it was not a fun first half for Lane Thomas as he only had a 652 OPS. Well, in that second half, he had a 764 on base plus slugging. He had eight home runs and 235 at bats. He had 21 walks. He had 64 strikeouts. And again, all those numbers are much better than his first half production of that year. And then in 2021, he had similar statistics when it came to that as well. So Lane Thomas has been someone that, you know, in the first half of the season, for any sport, for any activity, That's usually when you're most interested in because they've been dangling that carrot of Nationals baseball all offseason. All we want to do is watch the team. So we watch the team. A lot of people who are casual fans may tune out after the first half, especially if the Nationals aren't that good. Well, we forget about what this guy can do in the second half as his numbers have seamlessly been crushed over the last two years down in the second half 
of the season for the Nationals. Is it the hot weather that he's used to? Is that what he likes to see? Because we do know the ball does fly in the summers, especially here in Washington, D.C. But then again, I look at Lane and I ask myself this question, which I have proposed on this very podcast and I have talked about on this podcast. I do believe Lane Thomas can help this team this second. And I also believe Lane Thomas can help the team down the road for the Nationals. But also, I think this guy has pop and I don't think people talk about his pop enough. You see it not all the time, but then again, that second half of the season where he starts to heat up a little bit back in August, the dog days of the summer, that's usually when Lane Thomas starts to heat up and we start to see balls flying because Lane Thomas is not going to be a 30 home run guy. He doesn't have the power of someone like Dominic Smith even, but then again, he's got the power kind of similar to someone like Trey Turner. Someone who's going to hit 25 home runs a year, 20 home runs a year, if given all the opportunities, and if given, he gets off to a little faster start than he has over the last few years. So Lane Thomas, when I look into him and what he can do and what he can provide, it's kind of a similar role as to someone like Alex Cole, who I think will be getting a lot more opportunities this year. And when those opportunities come for both of these guys, they're going to have to jump on this like, you know what, they're going to need it badly because you got Robert Hassel, who likely could be making his debut later in 2023. You got James Wood. You have Elijah Green. You have Jeremy De La Rosa, Christian McCarroll, all these guys that are outfield prospects who are really high prospects who are going to be getting some playing time at some point over the next few years. The time is now for guys like Lane Thomas and Alex Call. Because if they can provide and if they can be solid options for this national team moving forward, you might not be seeing someone like Victor Robles or even a Joey Manessis type. It may just open up the bag for what the Nationals want to do in that outfield and really just play the role that they wanted Andrew Stevenson to play over the last couple or so years. And looking back at those postseason teams, play the role as to what Michael A. Taylor played. I think those two guys are exactly what you would want into filling those holes. And then again, when you look at it, you might ask, what's the worth of a fourth or fifth outfielder? Well, you you want to tell me that Michael A. Taylor didn't have an impact on that 2019 Nationals team? Filling in in center field, the NLCS, hitting a home run? These guys are important, and they are a piece to the puzzle, whether we like it or not. It's not some splashy thing. It's not the world's greatest deal. But then again, they're pieces to the puzzle. And what is Mike Rizzo's job? To fill those pieces in the puzzle. So you may have two answers to your two questions moving forward for your next postseason team when it comes to looking at guys like Lane Thomas or even an Alex Call. So again, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On MLB Baseball, Locked On Fantasy Baseball rather, and win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the fantasy draft strategies because that's what I do. I listen to them, and I'm going to win my league. And, guys, you can find that podcast wherever you get your pods and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. So, again, guys, I will talk to you tomorrow. We'll have some more Nationals baseball to to discuss. And, of course, as I'm always going to leave the pod,